success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And oh my gosh, wait until you meet this invincible one. <laughs> That's oh. all I have to say about that. Dr. Lana Cook, chiropractor with a love for looking at our innate power to heal and transform our lives from the inside out. Welcome. Welcome. So excited to have you here today on the She's Invincible podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, Cami. And I love the name of your podcast and you have so much good energy. So thanks for inviting me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. So I am just so excited to share you with our listeners today. I feel like I know you. Um, you're an author. You wrote this amazing book, which we're going to talk about. But I had the pleasure of reading and getting to know you even more and through our conversations. And I just can't wait to share you. So let's jump in. Let's just tell them everything. So we'll start with how in the world did you get where you are today? And then what makes you invincible? Oh, geez. I mean, how much time do we have? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, first of all, to get here today, you've offered me so much grace because you text me like, we're recording. I'm like, crap. Okay, I'm on. Um, so I love that you just let me roll right in. Um, and I think that is a metaphor for so many things is like, um, I graduated chiropractic school 12 years ago, knew that I wanted to help people with my hands. I grew up in a family that used more natural methods to take care of ourselves. Um, but I had no idea, like the deep rabbit hole I was starting to go down in understanding more about like health and human, human healing and life. Um, and I think what we're witnessing in the world right now, I think that the whole world is starting to wake up to some different things, um, that maybe we can change. So this last 12 years for me has been like, you know, drinking from a fire hose of trying to understand more and wanting to share what I was learning and applying to my own life with others so that they could change their life as well. Um, so I kind of credit my wake up call, which is why I wrote the book that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point was like, you know, I kind of joke, but I'm not joking that there's like the pre aspect of my life before I woke up to some of these truths and started to apply them to change my life for the better. And it happened to coincide with when I opened up my practice. So I started to really look at like how I was responsible for my own life and how, you know, I'm a direct reflection of where I'm at in the inside is what's going to happen in my external life as well. And so I apply that to my business, to my practice, to my finances, to my marriage. I probably need to apply it to my family more than anywhere. Um, 
because you know I don't know if anyone else feels this way but sometimes at the end of the day when your husband you have like the like you know the tail end of the sandwich of your day and that's the like leftover energy and then we wonder why we like argue or what have you it's just like the energy is not good at that point so um that's what I've really learned is how to use energy and when you're not putting it in the right places you know what you're gonna get is what you're gonna get so um that's my joy now is to help people understand more about their own energy and how to use it powerfully to create what they want in their life Oh, I love that. And, you know, you talk about the last 12 years, but let's talk about the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. OMG. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that the things that you learned and that you practice and teach are so vital in your own life, right? Just dealing with what's been happening in the world and the levels of stress that people are enduring and uh, you you have the answer to all of that in your chiropractic practice, but you know I my my hope today is that we can convey that message to the listeners that you're not alone. You don't have to be alone. There is help and resources, and something simple as you know a chiropractic adjustment can can reduce that stress level. So I feel like you like came out right on time with all of your bag of tricks and you really have so much to offer and impact the world with. And so I can't wait to dive into that. Um, I want to ask you this. So you said 12 years ago, you graduated. So when did you actually open the practice? So we just have some reference there. Yep. I opened the practice in January, 2010. Okay. So so it's 11 years, right? Almost 12, really. So you graduated and went right out. Awesome. And you said, yeah, you knew you were going to work with your hands. Like that's what your desire was. Did you always know you were going to be a chiropractor or was there a time of you trying to figure that out? Uh, Well, my parents were both teachers. So I think originally like many kids, I wanted to be a teacher because that's what I knew from my parents. Um, And then there was a point in high school where I think that's where the the dots connected that I started to really, I liked our chiropractor growing up. She was very, um, she's a very powerful woman. And I liked how, you know, you went in there, you had this like good feeling. She, you always left like on a positive note. And I thought it was cool that she did it with her hands. So, um, yeah, I started to explore that. She let me work in her office one summer. Um, and then I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I love it. And you know, that is such a powerful thing that you grew up in the chiropractor office. So I think like that makes more of a transition, you know, than somebody who never did or never, you know, was, was exposed to that. So you already knew the value and what it did for you and your family. And so you were able to just run with that. That is beautiful. Yeah. I always say to people like, you know, dentistry, for instance, you know, people know like you're supposed to go to the dentist several times a year. And if you don't get your teeth cleaned a couple of times, like you don't admit that you at least know you're supposed to do that. Um, and I think that's where we're headed in chiropractic is I think, you know, at one point people only went to the dentist when their teeth were rotting out of their mouth, you know, um, and had to have extractions done. Well, now, you know, like if I take better care of my they're going to be healthier in the long run. And therefore my whole body is going to benefit. Um, and I think the same is sort of happening where more and more people understand that like chiropractic is yes, you can use it when you've got a like bad disc and your back is really killing you, but you also can use it to really take care of yourself and this like lifeline of your spinal cord and nervous system to just really try and be proactive. Um, 
So I think we're shifting into that. And I remember sitting in the first day of school and they said something like, um, this is a tough profession because you always have to educate people on why they need to, you know, come back. And I remember thinking, I don't get it. Why wouldn't people come back? Um, just because I'd always grown up where you did go in. I thought like, that's accepted. People do that. And I was like, oh no, there's a lot of people who don't understand what it is or think it's, you know, quackery or whatever. Um, but like you said, in the last 18 months, I feel like chiropractic offices have probably remained one of the most normal places you can walk into right now, because we know that we don't need to fear our systems and there's ways that we can take better care of ourselves to work on our health from the inside out. Um, so I just, I really am so grateful for this profession, especially right now. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. You know, and it's funny because I, I like my memory of, you know, even just in the last 10 years is, you know, somebody leaning over, holding their back saying, oh, I did something to my back. I better go get an, a chiropractor appointment. And mm -hmm. now it's right. You know, a lot of the people that I know it's a regular thing. Just like mm -hmm. for me, I get massages a few times a month. Right. And that, and that keeps me off of the table. So, right. but you, you need to work with what works for your body. And I love that, you know, we can share that with people today and say, Hey, you know, don't wait until you can't stand up, get in there and then you won't have those times. Right. And uh, yeah. you won't have those stressful pains coming out in different places. So tell us what makes you invincible. Oh, I love that question. I, I, when you posed it to me earlier, I was like, yeah, what does, um, I think I have an immense amount of energy. Um, so I'm like a pretty good at cultivating more energy and more energy as needed so that what I want to accomplish, I can do. Um, I also have a, an amazing knack at bending time so I can fit a lot into a short quantity of time. So I think those would be my things that make me invincible is, um, a lot of energy and the ability to use it and get a lot done in a short period of time. I love it. And you pivot really well too. I want to mm -hmm. add that as mm -hmm. well as like, you're ready for whatever's coming. And I love that. Love, love I don't know love. if I'm ready, but I'll respond. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You will get ready on the way. I love it. So, okay, today we are talking about um, knowing that your business is a direct reflection of you, um, about alignment with thoughts and actions, listening within yourself, and oh, my favorite, having the courage to take mm -hmm. action, right? So let's mm -hmm. dive right in. Tell us everything you know about this topic, because I know there are great lessons here. Sure. All right. Well, I'm going to try and like boil down some energetic conversations and make them as simple as I can. So the more I've tried to understand, like, why does one person's life seem like there's all this like flowing, good things happening and their businesses thrive and all that. And then the next person meets like resistant every, every place that they look. And it boils down to a lot of it, understanding that we're all electromagnetic beings. We all have energy. And if you need a way to understand that, you can think about like an old um, antenna on a, on a radio. You know, if, a, if that radio wasn't coming in at the right frequency, like let's say it was a little garbled, you could stand closer to it and it would change the signal. You didn't even have to touch it. You know, so our energy system is larger than just our body. So some people would call that your aura or your chakra, you know, and it sounds a little airy fairy, but 
quantum biology is starting to show us that we are, again, much bigger than just our physical body. So, you know, I like saying mind, body, spirit, because I think a lot of people are used to hearing those terms, but it's really applicable to think about you as more than your body um, when it comes to like wanting to change your life, because you're not going to change it unless you make an energetic shift. So when, when we understand that I have a certain frequency about myself and, you know, I just said to you, like, I have a lot of energy and I get a lot done. That's there's an energy just in my thoughts about myself saying that like, okay, yeah, hand it to me. I'll get it done. Um, versus if I was like, gosh, I'm too busy and and I can't fit it in. You know, it's like you, those become energetic self-fulfilling prophecies. So there's many ways that we can almost become wizards of using our energy. One is how we use it in the spoken word. Another is the thoughts we think. And if you don't like how your energy feels, a lot of times that means you're thinking crappy thoughts. So we have to start to recognize that this idea of keeping things in silos isn't real. Like my body is intimately connected to the thoughts that I think they're not separate. So my mental health and my physical health are not separate. Just like my external world, my business, my family, et cetera, is actually not separate from these two things either. They're all working together. It's like a vortex of energy. So if I can start to shift the thoughts I'm thinking and start to find gratitude or joy or peace, or even just acceptance. Those are higher states of energy than if we're down in like anger or resentment or fear. When we're down in those lower states, a lot does not happen um, that generally you want to experience in your life. Um, And that's where you're like feeling like you're getting beat up or you keep hitting these roadblocks because the energy is not energy rich. It's, It's yucky energy, it's contracted energy but we don't usually, we don't know that most of us, we don't realize that where I'm at internally is a direct reflection of what I'm going to experience in my outer world. So in business, what becomes really practical about that is let's say, you know, I run um, several businesses and, and so I have staff. Let's say I have some sort of issue with a staff member. Before I want to do anything with them, I better check where I'm at internally and see what, you know, what is my role in this? What's my energy towards them, towards the situation? What would I like it to be? What is my end of that bargain? Because they're, they're obviously a reflection of you, especially if you're the boss as well. Um, And that I think helps you start to see that maybe you want something different. Maybe you like want your staff to you know, come to work and be all fired up. Well, are you coming to work and you're all fired up or, you know, just starting to see that the energy is where the magic happens. When you start to shift the pattern of energy, you're going to get a different result. So that really is the magic that we all carry in my mind. It's just that we sometimes haven't ever had it explained to us that that way, because it almost seems so simple, but it's, it's simple. It's not easy right? It's not easy to catch yourself when you're derailing off the tracks into the thing that always creates frustration or anger for you to realize, okay, I'm going to set boundaries here for myself. I'm not, if I usually spend 30 minutes wallowing in this frustration, I'm, I'm going to allow myself 30 seconds and I'm going to get myself back into 
the state that I want creating my world, which is usually these higher states of peace or acceptance or love, joy, et cetera. And in this crazy world of, you know, everything that's going on, you know, it's no, it's, I really do believe that we're in somewhat of a spiritual battle right now. And I don't mean it in, I mean, I, you could take it in a religious context, but our spirit, our energy is our framework for our life. And if we're stuck down in these fear levels, it's very hard to expand into the potential that you actually have by the God-given nature of the fact that you're an energetic being. So when you see that, you realize who controls that? Me, I do. I control what's possible for myself, but I have to allow myself to get into a better place energetically in order for that to come into fruition. That is scary too, because you're right. Like we've been living in fear for a year and a half. Like I won't say everybody, because some people are like fighting it, right? Like they're like, no, I'm not buying into that. I'm not listening to the news. I'm not getting vaccinated, whatever. But it's, you know, there is that fear and you're right. Like that with that, at that uh, energy level and how each different emotion has a level. Oh my gosh. The whole world has been operating that way. It's now wonder that everyone is against each other that we're having, you know, in like, not just this plague, you know, or this epidemic, but there's the racism, like all the things, because Mm -hmm. you're right. We're operating at that low level where all of that stuff festers Mm -hmm. and it's a big show. Oh my gosh. I want to see it's a big crap show Mm -hmm. (laughs) is what it really is. I'm like the human emoji. Like this is what I do all day long. Because I just can't believe it. You know, like no matter what it is, I can't believe it. And I'm like this. And now my whole family's like, oh, there she goes again. The human emoji because I'm the the head in the hand. Oh, so I love what you said. And I want to ask you a few questions about this. So you talked about in the beginning about this self-fulfilling prophecy. So let's talk about that as it relates to health. Mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. that's huge. This is what puts us in the, you know, it's, it's the way that we handle it, the level we operate at, but then it's, you know, when we don't deal with it, then we end up ill. Right. And this is yeah. where disease comes from. So I want, I don't want to overlook this. Yeah, no. And like I said earlier, there's things I'm going to say right now that seem so simple that they can't be true, but I ask you when you hear this, if you're the person like that's ridiculous, like just, just pause for a minute and, and just try and have an open mind because gosh, I can't tell you how convinced I am of this after helping thousands of people at this point in my career that our literal translation of what we say, what we think becomes the literal embodiment of what our body is expressing and this, the scary part, if you want to call it scary, or maybe it's the really empowering part of this is you, when you recognize this, you have full control of your body. And that is a lot for most people to stomach because that would mean that you're responsible. And, and that is a hard pill to swallow sometimes when we have not been taught that. And there's many things that maybe we don't want to accept. So I'm going to give you some examples. I'm going to give you a really applicable one. I'm going to be vulnerable here. So last week, um, and we're going to talk about this later, but last week, my husband and I were not in a good place Wednesday, Thursday. I'll blame it on like, oh, I think all the planets were in retrograde, but no, it was. (laughs) I heard that. Yeah. And so 
you know, when you, when you get into looking at the macrocosm astrology and the microcosm, like, yeah, there's definitely connections to like everything we experience. But at the end of the day, I was still making the choice to let myself focus on some things that always are triggers for me. And so I was pissed and, and I was in like, and I'm normally someone who's usually like bubbly moving on to the next thing. Like, let's get the day done. And, um, I don't know. I just let it fester at night. And so I remember typing to one of my friends and, and she's an energy worker. So like she gets this stuff and I, I'm surprised she didn't even call me out on it. But I typed several sentences in a row where I said, I'm sick of blah, blah, blah. I'm sick of blah, blah, blah. I'm sick of blah, blah, blah. And I know in my head at the time, I thought, God, look at that language you're using. You're sick of like, I'm literally professing that I'm going to be sick due to said thing. And lo and behold, I wake up and have a scratchy throat the next morning. And you can probably hear it in my voice right now. Like, and I don't get sick. And so I literally let that energy create itself. And yeah, I, you know, got up, still went about my day. I'm going to be fine. It's just, it's like, I embodied that. I spoke it, I put it into words and lo and behold, I think, especially when you start to operate in higher capacities, generally, it's like the embodiment of things happens very quickly. So, um, I'll give you some other examples that are pretty easy to see low back pain, really common, you know, in our, it's like one of the most common reasons someone seeks out any type of care is back pain. And if you start to read about like the metaphysical nature of um, back pain, like what is the body trying to show us? Cause our body is intelligent. It's trying to communicate. That's what symptoms are. You know, my system's getting rid of some crap right now, some crap that I created, but it's getting rid of it. Um, that's your immune system, which is why I think we don't talk enough about that. Um, but in back pain, your back is like your foundation. It's your um, structural foundation of what holds up your whole system, right? And so how many people have back pain? Well, it's rampant. Okay. So if you think about the back, the back is like your support. How many people feel like they don't have enough support or, or that they have to support everyone, or they feel financially like they're, you know, carrying the weight of the world. And then the back goes out. And so a lot of times what I'll see in patients, it doesn't mean that they don't have a, like if we took an x-ray, we'd see, oh, yep, they've got a compressed disc or they've got degeneration there. I'm not saying that that's not true. The physical part of it is very true, but there is still an energetic, emotional, or mental component to that too, where a lot of times I'll hear, you know, in passing things like, I don't know why my back went out. It just did. And then if I know the person, I might dig a little deeper, like what else is going on? Oh, well, my, my son moved home and he's going to be living with us for six months. And it's like, ah, you've got more on your plate than you're used to, or you're financially carrying the load for someone else. Um, there's just so many things like that where literally the body will show us things that we are maybe not aware of ourselves. Um, and then part of the healing is that shift. So instead of maybe feeling like, oh, even if you are the one carrying the weight, right? Like it might be like, I'm carrying the weight, but I'm good at it. Or, it, or telling yourself something different. Like I'm so grateful that I'm able to provide for my family, you know, something that's just a shift in the communication that's happening internally. So that hopefully your body doesn't have to keep cluing you into like, Hey, 
this is actually um, not the energy we want to be expressing. <laughs> That's Does amazing. That and it, when you said that, when you explained it, it made me think what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Right. Because totally. when you said like, you're not saying that there might not be like a compressed disc. Well, was it all of that stress that caused the compressed disc that over time and now boom, here's the pain because you just can't handle the stress and the disc is already messed up. There's nothing right. else to mess up. So right. now, now you're in pain. That Mind is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And people don't, I, I don't, you know, didn't realize that I, you know, I always just knew that, you know, certain things come out in your hip, you mm-hmm. know, like grief and regret or whatever, or, you know, stuff like that. Like I just, I, and I'm reading a book now on self-awareness. So I'm learning yeah. a lot. In fact, yeah. I introduced you to this doctor, this other doctor who wrote yeah. that book. You two are going to love each other. Oh, I love it. Great, great collaboration. Um, but yes. And so, but I, but I didn't realize until you just said it that like all of that, that's internally and emotionally happening to you is creating compressed discs and things like that as well. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are so intelligent. And that's, I think that's the, like, that's the higher level thought that I, I have to like sometimes work backwards with myself because we're all human. We all have these points that just contract us or we're like, it's a pattern and I I don't know how to get out of it. It's like, okay, if you think about two cells come together to create your, your system. And, you know, like for instance, I have a baby, he's 14 months old, you know, my body educatedly did not know how to grow max, you know, it just happened. And while we're having this conversation, you know, my lungs and my heart are doing everything they need to do my body temperature, all of that. It's like our systems are so flipping intelligent. And then you pan out and you look at the trees and the trees right now are changing colors. And it's like, we're all part of this, like, amazing splendor that like creates the natural world. It's like somehow we've forgotten that we don't have to be more than that. We can be part of it and trust it. Um, and I think we'd be in a way different situation. Um, if we could start to look at like the wisdom that's in nature and the wisdom that's inherent in our own connection to that and work with it instead of trying to like, I don't know, pretend like we're God essentially. Yeah, we're control freaks, right? Mm -hmm. So we think we can control all of these things when really if we, what you're saying is if you just control your thoughts and your words, Mm -hmm. right? That the rest of, yes, yes. Which is so simple as you started with when you said you started to present this, you know, and here's one of the things I wrote down was you were saying like, literally you can control this, right? You can buy the things you say and the thoughts you think and like, we want to make it more complicated than that, right? We don't want to believe that. And part of me thinks, is it because then we can't blame somebody else or something else? And I actually wrote that down. Like then all of a sudden we become responsible for everything that happens to us, for us, with us, right? And that, and we can't blame anybody. Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, at this point, I could tell you uncanny story after uncanny story about energy and how it moves. And, and like, you know, we say the words like serendipity and synchronicity, but it's like, that is causation in our life. Like when you are in a contracted state, like, so for instance, in my book, I talk about, like, I used to be a bartender. I was drunk all the time, made lots of poor decisions. 
don't get me wrong. There was still serendipity and synchronicity happening in my life. They just weren't good synchronicity or good serendipity. Do you know what I mean? That was like the energetic state that I was in was not setting me up for the energy that was being pulled to me to be things that I would actually choose in my life. You know, had I been in a different vibratory state as I like did not drink so much and weaned myself off of that and started to make better choices, started to pay attention to my thoughts, started to read books and listen to people and learn, gosh, my life has like changed miraculously, but it is not chance that that happened, you know? Um, and so it's like, I, I was speaking at a conference last week and I said this, like, so I had a day, this is now a couple months ago where you know, having a baby during COVID, running businesses during COVID, like not for the faint of heart, right? And so I was like, probably a little short on the self care that week. And I just got frustrated because childcare fell through, I was supposed to go meet a friend, it just like kind of all imploded on my day. And normally, I would just been like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not meant to go. I don't know. And I, I just kind of sunk into this like frustrated state. And so I'm taking a bath with my baby. And he literally like poops in the bathtub. And I'm sitting there in poop. And that's literally what I felt like. I was like, this is, this is like hilarious almost right now because I feel like crap and I'm now sitting in crap. And because I know what I know, this is hilarious. <laughs> and, and, you know, he, I've taken baths with him hundreds of times. He doesn't usually poop in the bathtub. So again, you could be like, oh, that's random. Or it's like, no, that's literal at this point. It's like, that was my day. Or for instance, uh, my, my older son sitting in the, in the back seat. I'm going to an appointment. This is like right before I had Max and my midwife was in the hospital. So she wasn't going to be able to like come. I was going to have a home birth. Anyways, I was going to go meet a new midwife at 37 weeks pregnant. I was not excited about the fact that I was going to have to pivot real quick. And I really wanted my other midwife. So I was mad. Again, I'm telling you all the mad stories, but just for the sake of rec recognizing this, Jack sitting behind me, he goes, Hey mom, how fast does this car go? And I said, I don't know, Jack fast. And I just like, wasn't present still in my like frustration. I maybe go two minutes further. All of a sudden red and blue lights are in the you know, backseat. I'm getting pulled over. I get a massive ticket. And I like had to just laugh because again, it's like, yeah, this is not my normal state. I am letting myself be pulled into places that I don't need to be as far as mentally. And then lo and behold, the universe or God gives me opportunities to change. My son saying, hey, mom, how fast does this car go? Nah, not going to pay attention. Keep going. Still in this negative state. Now I get a little stronger nudge from the universe. Like, hey, would you like a $200 ticket? And now you have to drive really good for the next year. You know, like... So it's like, I had to laugh, which changed my state. And, you know, I just, it's like, God, you know, you know, these things, you just are human. And, and so you let yourself get pulled by the ways of the world. And then the game is to get yourself back to what you want to experience. That's just crazy. You, mm -hmm. You've got some stories. I can't wait to hear more. So before we move on, I would love to have you talk a little bit about the learning to listening to uh, listening within and having the courage to take action, right? Cause yeah. this is huge. And, you know, it's all about what we're talking about. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, changing those words and things. So tell us some more about that. I wanted to hear about courage. Yeah. I had a guy come up after one of a uh, talks I did more for a public audience than normally I'm speaking to like chiropractors and healers. Um, and he came up and he was like, how do you know where your energy is? 
And, and he really like, I said, well, when do you feel good? You know, when do you feel happiest or when do you feel fulfilled? And he was like, I don't know, you know? And I thought, okay, like I gotta, I gotta learn how to like break this down even further. Right. And you know, that's where I would start is like tuning within. When do you feel your best? When are you energized? When do you light up? Like those are the keys to like getting your energy probably aligned with what your soul's purpose is or why you're here in the first place. And many times if you haven't had a lot of that, it's like, you don't know how to answer that question because maybe you have felt pretty energy drained for a long time. So try and think, even if it was years ago, what were the things that lit you up? And then if you start to like explore that again, my guess is you'll get a nudge. Yes. Or a nudge. No, like, yes, I love this. Or no, it's really not the thing. And then keep exploring. So being willing to try new things, um, which is the courage component, right? Willing to realize that just because I've always done something a certain way or operated this way or been in this relationship doesn't mean that I have to choose it every single day. That's up to me. I get to create my life. I mean, think about kids. Every day is a fresh day and they're excited about it. And somehow we lose that where we don't realize that every day is still a fresh day and you get to choose your life. And if we could see that more, like you always have choices, you always have choices, then I think our energy would be very different as adults um, in how we approach many things when we realize it's still a choice. Every day I have a choice in this. So that takes courage to do that because a lot of adults aren't really alive anymore. They're just going through the motions. Um, oh, you, you could no truer words. We're all sleepwalking, yes. you know, I mean, and I feel like this year I've come out of that and been awoken at, you know, yes. in so many ways, but I still feel like that's not all of me, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, like myself right now, I'm kind of going through, um, what do I want to call it? So I love chiropractic and I love what I'm doing here. And it's, I don't want to say easy for me, but it's like, you know, I don't know. Natural. There's it's very natural. natural at this point. So I, I feel like I still need to do this. This is definitely part of my soul's calling, but I have so many things that I feel like convicted to stand up for right now. So I've felt this pull to get involved more politically than I ever have before, which is never something I saw for myself previously, but it, it makes me have to step into courage. It makes me have to get more articulate. Um, I'm probably going to have to embody myself differently than I do when I'm like the airy fairy chiropractor. Um, but you know, like I went and sat in at a County board health and human services meeting two months ago. And lo and behold, someone reaches out to me last week and I said, Hey, there's a new position opening up. You know, we threw your name in the hat if you would apply. And I thought like, again, no coincidence there. I put my energy over there. I thanked a few people. While I was there for what they said. And then here an opening comes. And this is probably what I've been feeling that nudge to do. Now I have to take the courage to follow the nudge, you know? So, yeah. Um, you know, that's like a whole new world to me, like chiropractic, speaking, writing, not saying that I've got it, but I feel more comfortable in it. This other world feels like I'm going to be totally a newbie again, 
you know, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know who's my ally, who's not, you know, how do I like navigate this world, you know? Um, so that's the part that I think when we realize that we can have the energy like a child and create, you know, how kids say like, I want to be a firefighter and then I want to be this and then I want to be this and then I want to be this. Like we can say that too, as adults, like, well, I want to write a book and then I want to do this. And then I want to go to Florida and then I want to go to, you know, it's like, why not? Yes. Why not? Right. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned the book because that's what we're going to talk about next. (laughs) So fun. I told you already how much I love this book. (laughs) Reclamation, the evolution of a hot mess. (laughs) Boy, do we all see ourselves right there some days, right? And this is why Dr. Lana Cook, amazing book. I got so much out of this and I just, I just loved everything. Oh, thank you. So, yes. And I've, I've posted it on my social media mm-hmm. and encourage people and I'm going to encourage them right now. So while you're listening, you can click the link in the show notes and you can order this amazing book. It is such an easy read. I read the whole thing in two days. Um, it, I couldn't put it down. I was like, what's next? What's next? <laughs> I loved it. So tell, I don't want to spoil it. So you tell our listeners what, tell them what's in this book what inspired you to write it and how is it going to help them or enhance their life when they read it? Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for that review. Um, I wrote it because I felt like there's so many things just like we've been talking about that. I want to help people like understand that, you know, I think sometimes, you know, here I am and it's like, they, you know, I'm, I'm the chiropractor and then maybe I birth my babies at home and people are like, that's weird. Like she's weird, you know? And so I was like, I, maybe they think like, that's great for her, but I could never do that. Right. And it's like, I'm not asking anyone to do things that they aren't called to do, but I'm asking you to see how I got to this point of like looking at life much more from I'm part of nature. I understand more of like the energetic connection. And it's like through my trials and tribulations of like waking up to what I consider is our power and that we all have um, like our God-given spiritual power, but we are not taught that. And so I wanted to put it in a form where you could read it and laugh at me and probably relate. And then, um, and then see also how like we get to all take our stories, whatever's happened to us in the past. And it goes back to like how we use our words, right? Like your most gut-wrenching things can also be the things that empower you to be more compassionate, to relate to more people, to connect, you know, to your soul's calling. Um, you get to check, you get to decide how you tell your story. So I could have told my story a million different ways. Right. And my life would be very different depending on the way that I choose to tell my story. And this is just me from what I've chosen as my way of currently telling my story. Um, and most of the time it served me. So the learning that's come from some of these escapades has really opened me up to who I am at this point. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. And I have two things I need to say about that. So the first one is uh, to us and to the listeners, oh my gosh, what a powerful 
message you just gave right there that you can tell your story one of a million ways. And here's the, here's the mic drop. You can tell the rest of your story any way you want it to be. This is not where the story ends, wherever you are today, where you're listening to this message, you can open up a notebook and you can write a whole new story that tells exactly how the rest of your life is going to go. And that is so powerful to me. And thank you for just saying that and opening that because I feel that way, but I don't always remember to share that message with other people that you do decide the buck stops here and you can write whatever story you want. And it doesn't have to be related to the one that you've been living for 20 or 30 or 50 years. And that is the most powerful thing you could ever do for yourself. So that's the first one. And the other thing (laughs) I can't help but think is to ask you this is like, have any of those drunk bartender <laughs> friends ever shown up on the chiropractor table and been like, you look familiar? <laughs> no, because I don't practice. Well, don't get me wrong. All of us on some level have turned out to be some of us, I should say, it, you know, where we're like, we've evolved. Um, but I don't practice where I used to bartend. Thank the Lord. Um, so gosh, who knows what could happen, but yes, I I'm know. very grateful that I don't I thought practice of that a few times. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. All right, you guys. So if you want to read about the evolution of a hot mess, you got to get this book reclamation by Dr. Lona cook. Oh my gosh. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Okay. It's on Amazon. And it is also, if you go on my website, we've got a blog up there and stuff. So my website's just my name, drlonacook.com, D-R-L-O-N-A-C-O-O-K. Oh my gosh. This has been so fabulous. What a great conversation this morning. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. You know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs. We are going to share so much value that they can put into place, which, oh my gosh, we did that today, Uh, but they can put into place and, and see a difference right away. That's what we promised them. But we also promised them we're going to pull back the curtain because they see this successful beautiful woman who can pivot. She shifts and shucks and dives and she does all the things. Oh my gosh. And when they read your story, they're going to be in awe. Uh, But 
we want to let them in behind the scenes because women are always comparing themselves and they're always coming up short and they're looking at you like you're lucky, you're pretty, you're smart, you got the best husband, your kids are great. Like they have all this story made up. Your parents were teachers, you know, and they, they can't be like you. Oh my gosh. I call BS on that all day long. And so we love to like show them your greatness because you are amazing and you've reached such a level of success and you're giving back and helping people, making a huge impact in the world. But now it's time to give back and say to them, if I can do it, you can do it. And so we're going to share some stories right now. Are you ready? Sure. Awesome. Okay. This is where they get to meet the real Dr. Cook. (laughs) before the doctor came. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So we're going to start with a story of the good. So will you share with us a story about the good part of your journey? Oh gosh, so much good. I'm going to just share it like the most like breathtaking thing that I think about. And I know probably a lot of your listeners are mothers, but birthing my two sons, like made me such a better human in so many ways. And to like, also trust that if you can do that, you can birth a human, you can, you can do so much more and on all levels. Like, and one of the things that I also have related to with birth is that we're birthing things all the time. You know, there's like this idea phase and then there's the growth phase. And then there's like a, we're doing the damn thing phase. Like you're in the throes of it. So I don't know, birth is a metaphor for many things, but to hold your newborn baby, is like, oh, that's like the good. That's the best in my life. I love that. Mm-hmm. And now we have to talk about the bad. <laughs> so I know I've read your story. So I know, um, and I know we talked about a few things. So, but tell us the story about the bad part of your journey. Yeah. I think the hardest part of my last um, 12 years happened. My mom had ovarian cancer. Um, I think it was 2016. 15, 15 is probably when she was diagnosed. She came through that pretty well. And then about a year afterwards, we still don't really understand what contributed fully to this. Um, but she just really sank into deep depression to the point where she stopped taking care of herself at all. Um, so it was like watching someone commit passive suicide. And so we had to get her help, which was very difficult for someone who had no history of mental illness, but yet wouldn't get her self-care. So watching kind of the implosion over the last five years of my parents and their relationship and my mom's inability to take care of herself. She's in a nursing home as we speak, which is a whole nother discussion during COVID, but um it's just been really challenging. And I think the hardest parts were in the beginning of it, you know, once you learn how to adapt to something that's really tough, you know, you start to get equipped with how to manage that. Uh, but at first, the first year, you know, I had a newborn baby. My dad would show up at my house sometimes unannounced at six in the morning before I had to go into work because he needed help because he didn't know what to do for my mom. And it was like, just such a heavy energetic lift to try and be taking care of a baby and taking care of my parents and taking care of businesses. And I made it through, but I also learned that like there are people that could offer compassion and understanding at the time. And then there are people who had no idea of how to even relate. And so it was like, okay, I just needed new boundaries in the world. Um, 
And, you know, it continues to still be a struggle, but it has taught me so much more about, um, what people don't tell you they're going through, um, and just how to hold space. Mm. I'm sure that was so difficult for you becoming a mom yourself, right? Being, being in that sandwich generation, right? You have your family to take care of and your parents been there, done that. Yeah. It's not easy. And then a business. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> being a doctor, having a chiropractic practice. Yeah. You know, the practice was really good for me at times because it was like, I could focus on someone else. But I remember one time I walked in and one of my employees said like, Oh, I can't handle it. You're just not in the best mood. And, and that's like how you always are. And I was like, I can't like, I, I literally am neutral is the state I can be in right now. Like I, I get where this might not be your favorite day when I walk in the office right now, but she had no idea, you know? And even though you can tell someone some of what you're going through, it's like, it's like that. How do you, I feel like she's died. Like my mom has died, but she isn't dead. And that's a really weird place to grieve because people don't understand that it's like, yeah, she's alive, but she really hasn't been herself for so long. I imagine it's probably similar to when people experience like someone with Alzheimer's or something like that too. Yeah. I was thinking that, yeah, like they're there, their body is there, but they're mm-hmm. not there. They don't know who you are. They, they don't care, right. have a care in the world. They're just yeah. numb. Just numb. numb is a very numb. good. Yeah. And, the, and unfortunately then you become numb too, right? Like yes. numb is contagious sometimes. Yes. In a sense of it's like, like a survival mechanism almost. Yes. Mm-hmm. Coping, coping mechanisms. Yeah. And yeah, like, well, they say, you know, your trauma is going to be someone else's survival guide, right? That's right. why we have to give back. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I said this at a seminar, I was like, there was parts of me that the little girl in me wanted to just go lay by my mom and be like, you give up, I give up too. You know, I just want to lay here and hug you. And then, then there was like the part of me that was a mother that's like, oh, hell no. Like, like I'm going to just go focus on my baby right now. And I had anger at my mom. I mean, we tried every emotion to try and like, see if we could help her. It just, it was one of those things where I just realized one of the greatest blessings is the understanding that I can only choose for myself. I don't get to choose what someone else does or doesn't do or how they look at the world. It is only myself. And and then there's this part of me that also is like, what is she teaching me right now? Because this is my experience. You know, I'm experiencing what she's going through, through my lens. So it's meant for me somehow, but what is the story I'm going to tell myself or that I'm going to learn from this, you know, as a doctor, what would you say your opinion is that actually happened to her? Do you think it had anything to do with the treatment of the cancer, like the medications? Yeah. I think there's a layers to it. So, so she had ovarian cancer to begin with. And when we get into like the metaphysical parts of the ovaries, it's like the connection to the mother. So her mother. So I think my mom was very soft-spoken. We, I felt like we're at odds with each other at times because I'm not soft-spoken and um, her mom was even more quiet than she was. And so I felt like they were around each other, but there probably was some underlying things there. And so I wonder if some of this energy had created what she experienced as ovarian cancer, you know, what was happening there. Then they go in, give her chemotherapy, um, take out all of her organs that are female organs, you know, and she was relatively young at the time. 
And so I feel like it kind of created a perfect storm where I definitely think there is um, stress and energetic connections that, you know, my grandma and her had that probably were part of this, that were more mental. Um, but then I think when you give someone something toxic, like chemotherapy, we don't know, there's a lot of people who have chemo brain. Um, so more recently, she actually has had some, uh, I'll call it a functional medicine doctor has looked at her finally. Um, and like, I mean, her stats and her blood work are just like off the charts. Like she's like, deficient in like the most radical things. And so the challenge is now that we know some of this, she doesn't, she won't help herself if that makes sense. So we can lead her to the resources, but it's almost like, I feel like she's in a limbo place right now. She doesn't want to live and she doesn't want to die. And you can see some of the manipulation that happens there too, where it's like, I don't fault her for it. I don't understand enough to say like, oh, she's conscious of this or not. It appears like she consciously makes poor decisions. And that's where sometimes it's really difficult to separate yourself from like, you know, how we engage with her. You know, I still love her. She's still my mom. I have unconditional love for her. And sometimes I have to energetically separate myself because, you know, a sinking ship is not necessarily the place you want to anchor yourself. So I, I totally understand that. And she's still um, alert enough to make the decision. So she can, if mm-hmm. she doesn't want to be treated right. by a holistic doctor, then she can say no. And then there's no helping her. Right. Right. Correct. Which is so hard because you watch somebody just kill themselves. Right. Yes. Like literally, literally. Uh, when you're like a house on fire and you have the water hose and they're saying, no, don't turn the yeah. water on. Yes. And, and that is so hard. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh my greatest gosh. Teacher, and, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, I'm sorry. Say that again. I said, she's been my greatest teacher for sure. in all of this, like it has taught me an immense amount about healing and the layers to healing and, and not healing for that matter. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Like, as we spoke about, you know, what you're t- the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? How right. do you be in limbo one day? You don't want to be alive. And one day you do, or you're just afraid to let go or, you know, or we say outside. one thing and all of our actions lead up. That's another thing. And I think that's rampant in our culture is we, have learned how to parrot what we're supposed to say, but our thoughts and our energy are not in alignment with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you've seen that meme, right? I, I hear what you say, but I see what mm-hmm. you do, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, so hard. That's a big yes. hit. Yeah. And this is bad. So we still have more to talk about because we got ugly. <laughs> Was that song U-G-L-Y? <laughs> yes, we have ugly. So Let's encourage these people today because they're, they're sitting on every word. They're hanging on to every word you're saying right now. And they need to hear from you because mm-hmm. they need hope. So let's tell them your ugly story. Okay. So my, my ugly, when we are discussing like what was bad, what was ugly, I think is just my, I'm going to call it fish out of water experience with marriage and becoming a stepmom when and and I talk about this in my book some, um, when I got married, I was single beforehand, no kids, um, lived by myself. And I got married to my husband, Kyle, who had three daughters that were at the time, um, seven, four, yeah, seven, four, and three and two moms. And so it was like, 
just a crazy amplification from what I, I had lived previously. And so we got married quickly. And I think that with us, probably the only way we would have gotten married, because I think it was like, you know, where you have all this good energy at first. And then it was like, oh my gosh, reality sunk in and the, the lack of flexibility in our life and just the navigating so many relationships that influenced our relationship just became really oppressive to me where I didn't know like how to be, you know, I had my life with my husband during certain weeks and then my life with my husband when the girls were around and then, you know, the interactions between the different moms and I felt like what I remember, I, to, I told you this, Cami, that I remember Googling and Googling like books for stepmoms and books for women who are in that position. Like, how did they navigate it? And I just couldn't find hardly anything. And I think it's still like something that we don't talk about. And you don't know who to talk to. And if you're like me, I think we got married when I was 28. You know, I didn't have a plethora of friends who had already been through divorce or anything or had stepkids. So it was like, I basically didn't have people to talk to. I had my parents who couldn't really relate to where I was at at the time. So, um, yeah, it was just a very ugly introduction to like, we didn't spend marriage together the first Christmas because it was like, I think we were already like, oh my gosh, is this going to work? And then, you know, I think the blessing in that was, you know, I don't know how much you've ever talked about. Like, I do believe Kyle is my soulmate but soulmates are generally there to like pull the shit out of you. <laughs> like you look at your stuff and deal with your stuff. So he's wonderful in so many contexts, but he's the exact opposite of me in many. And so we, we butt heads frequently and um, the navigating that and let alone trying to figure out my place in relationship to my three stepdaughters has been something that continues to be um, just something that I don't know how to, step into really grace gracefully. Um, and so I actually was just texting my oldest stepdaughter about something else to this morning. And I just said, well, grace has to be used, you know, in ample quantities across the board for all people involved in our crazy intricate family at this point, because we all have different parts of our story and we can't re really live the other person's version. Um, and that's where it's been ugly at times because it's like, oh, it just feels like, you know, we grow up with this fairy tale idea of marriage generally and Disney movies and all the things. And then real life marriage hits and kids and all the like, just in a regular like family with kids, there's stuff, right? And then you add in extra women or extra men if you're I mean it's just it gets insane <laughs> so can't imagine two yeah. other women like when you get you know a, a somebody's ex you know you're thinking like there's going to be an ex-wife right yeah and you're like okay maybe I can handle that but two you're right. If, if you didn't get married fast and you had time to think about it, you probably, you both probably want to talk to yourselves out of it. Right. And so, and it's true, right? They don't live happily ever after. My friend told me that they don't, but I was like, no, I'm holding on to hope. Right. Well, and oh, you hit me on the head too, is I'm sure my husband would have been like, I'm not dealing with this woman. And she can't relate to where I'm at either. Cause it's not like it's been a walk in the park for him either. Not only does he have to navigate me, but he's got to navigate everybody else too. So yeah, it's just challenging. And that's, um, I think as a woman who loves being an entrepreneur has 
been very successful in business to then in my personal life feel like I don't have control. Um, it's been a great learning ground of like, just, okay, I'm going to throw my hands up here because I have to relinquish control. Cause I definitely am not going to have it here. And the struggle to try and have it is like, what makes me miserable. This has been, this has been a consistent theme throughout our conversation today is about like giving up control. Right. And, and yeah. So, and you and I had talked a little bit about like what that looked like when you and your husband then had your sons, mm. right? Because now there's, I can't imagine being a man and having to take care of three women, like not take care of, but keep right. them all happy. So they get, they're not right. on your back. Like, I, you know, he gets a medal too, because totally. I would never want to walk into that situation either. <laughs> that, like there's no right answer. And no matter which way you turn, he's doing a 360 and he's trying to say all the right things at all the right time. And that's not, you, you can't, I mean, how do you make everybody happy? Become an ice cream man. Right. right. So, yeah. So, but then, then there was, you know, the added where now you two are like, let's do something really crazy and have a couple of kids together. Yeah. So now you got three girls, mm-hmm. two boys. Boy. Tell us about, yeah. tell us what that looks like of that blended family. Yeah. Well, as I've learned after being in this now, we've been married nine years and I've really like my sons, I think have made the situation in many ways, like less jagged, let's put it that way. Cause they're almost like the glue in between everyone. Cause everyone loves the boys and wants to spend time with the boys. So, you know, and Jack who's six now, he's like, you know, loves the weekends with his sisters and all of that. But it's made for me, I, I can relate to Kyle a lot more than I could before I had kids because now I have kids and I understand like, they're your kids. Um, versus like as a stepmom, I didn't really feel that like nurturing part of like motherhood towards them. Um, and part of that is probably because they didn't live with us. And I felt like I didn't have any say in things, um, again, the control part. Um, but also I think it's just made things more difficult too in the like navigation of who's get, you know, time, energy, and money, right? Like how do those things break down? Cause those are our, those are our currencies and who, who gets what and when do they get it? Um, so it is crazy that we had kids together. And yet at the same time, I think it's exactly probably why we're together in some regards, like they have brought us closer together. So I'm sure in most families, kids bring you closer together and then, you know, you've reinvented yourself through that whole process. So, you know, we said we had the kind of an interesting marriage in that I think both of us, you know, he had already been married. I never knew if I even wanted to get married. And so we kind of said weird vows, like, you know, kind of like trepidatiously, like, are we going to do this? We're going to do this. And I look at it now and I'm like, okay, it's perfect. Like, we think share the value of independence. And, and so on some level, this crazy circus we have going still allows all of us to sort of operate autonomously too. And yet with two little boys, sometimes I think that's where it's like, oh no, the value we used to have was inner independence. And now that we have two little beings together, that's sometimes where I get myself stuck where it's like, no, I want you home more. And now you've got to go do this thing with, you know, other kids or whatever. So it's just, it's the evolution of learning, like 
sometimes what fit before doesn't fit anymore. And I think that's where, you know, I'm not necessarily a believer that every person that gets married is meant to stay together forever. Um, we kind of look at relationships like, oh, you failed if it didn't work out. It's like, no, we had kids together and they're successful humans and it's okay. I guess, I think we need to talk more about that. I think, I think that's a, there's a stigma in stepmotherhood. There's a stigma in people who got divorced. There's, and it's like, we could all learn a lot probably from like, what worked? What would you differently? What wouldn't you do? Like, maybe I wouldn't have gotten divorced, you know, that type of thing. If we could just have the ability to, to almost like nurture each other, to learn from each other in that. But those are still topics we don't talk that much about. Mm. Well, let's, let's, let's go there now. So, so we have women listening right now thinking, sister, I feel your pain, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like there are people going through this and more and more now because of the pandemic, that's Mm -hmm. more divorce. And so let's tell them, let's give them uh, a couple of tips that, that have worked for you for for navigating this, that, yeah, that like, how they can breathe again and just get Mm -hmm. through it. It doesn't have to look pretty, but how do you survive this? I first remember like there's all these expectations of like what you have as expectations in your head and maybe what your significant other has completely different expectations. So that's usually where you're not meeting, (laughs) you know, is like my expectations look different than your expectations. So we needed to communicate what our expectations even are. And then if his expectations are things that I can't fulfill, I don't need to be angry at him about those. I just also need to not necessarily place them on myself just because he said so, if that makes sense. So like, I think I have learned that just because he may want me to do something, if it's going to create where I like energetically get down in those like anger, frustration places, then it doesn't serve him and it doesn't serve me. So I'm better off to just, say to him, nope, that's not going to work for me. You know, I don't care how you get that need met, but figure it out for yourself. I'm here to support you in that, but I can't do that for you. And then also same thing, like, Hey, I, I need you to do this. And if he doesn't do it, like he at least needs to communicate to back to me as to like where, you know, where the disconnect there is happening. And I think that's where most of us get in trouble is we just don't communicate in the, in the same manners with each other. So we've had to use some counseling sometimes. Um, or also I have to figure out how to like not bring them up at certain times. Like there's certain times where I'd want to communicate, but that is just not going to ever end well. And that was a, a huge learning curve for me in the beginning. It was just the way that I communicate is different than him. Like I want to have a fight and have it out and be done. And he was like, not going to ever engage in that. So it's like, okay, we're going to have to figure out a different way and different time to have some of these discussions before they get to the point where I feel like it's a fight or he's going to just disengage. So those would be two things is figuring out how you guys communicate, um, figuring out what expectations you have, and then also recognizing like the stories you've had in your head of like what marriage is supposed to be like, and then just maybe letting go of that somewhat and seeing how, you know, Kyle has created so many good things in my life, but the expectation of what I thought marriage was like is completely different. So um, I could either let that really drug, drug me down into a bad place, or I can say like, okay, there's all these other beautiful things about this relationship. 
and try and beat that drum so that I'm in a better place versus staring at what maybe isn't fulfilling. So it's a choice. Conversation again. Those, mm-hmm. those are good coping mechanisms right there. Really good advice. And what about the two other mothers? Like any advice yeah. with that? Like, Oh gosh. Navigate um, for myself, what I chose to do because in the beginning, when the first couple of years, I felt like nobody had good relationships, like between my husband and them too, it was very terse <laughs> most of the time. I just kind of bowed out. So I realized that like my adding my voice into the equation wasn't wanted. And so I don't know that that is the best suggestion to bow out, but for myself, that's what I chose is like, okay, then I'm just not going to put a lot of energy into this. So it didn't lead to where I felt like a mother in the scenario. And I know some stepmoms do feel that way that they really are. I feel more like a positive female in their life that is there to support their dad. than I do feel like nurturing mothering. I'm okay with that. I think that's part of what I had to accept is that again, what maybe your expectation of who you're supposed to be in that equation might be different than what you're actually asked to be. So I love that too, just to be a positive influence, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you said you you didn't even think you were going to get married, let alone have three daughters and two moms and then right. two sons, right? So like, right. yeah, so there's a way to be a positive force and not contribute to the madness, right? And that I think that's really the point that we're, we're looking at here. And you probably understand more. I'm sure it was difficult for you to understand his love and for his daughters and his desire to want to spend as much time with them when you were newly married thinking, well, you should be with me. But then once you gave birth, as you said, like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I get this parenting thing. I never thought there was this kind of love. Right. And then you got to experience. So maybe too, sometimes just space and grace. Like Mm -hmm. I don't understand it because I have never walked in those shoes and maybe I will, and maybe I won't, but I still may never understand it. So for you, the gift was in having your sons and opening your world up to, Mm -hmm. to really experiencing that. And then maybe having more grace. I still can't imagine Well, this has been the most amazing conversation and I just can't tell our listeners enough. Listen, we're talking about the hot mess here. (laughs) We, in this book, you've got to get it so you can keep this conversation going with yourself. Unbelievable. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for opening your heart and sharing some of your most intimate, you know, stories with us to, to be able to help these other people that are listening and sharing and just making a bigger impact. And I appreciate that so much before we say goodbye. I would love for you to finish this sentence. The world would be a better place. If more people knew blank, fill in that blank. If more people knew that they were the creator of their life. Oh, mic drop. Oh my gosh. Oh, that is awesome. Dr. Lona Cook. Amazing, amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being here. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, 
Get back up, girl. Get back up. Tell them, Dr. Cook. <laughs> yes, you can do it. And then you can tell other people how you did it. That's right. Get back up. You can do it. And you can be telling the other people and making a difference too. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.